Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Hey guys, it's, oh my god, it's 2022. Happy New Year. New Year. Yay! Same pod. (laughs) Uh, Kind of the same pod, actually. Because we do have a little bit of a, a, a change coming up. Um, we did, first, before we say anything, we acknowledge that we took a, a month break. It was for mm-hmm. our own mental health, Christmas and New Year's, you know, all that stuff. But we are back, baby. And Yay! we just kind of want to go over the slight changes in the pod. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we are going to be changing our upload day. So previously, you've seen new episodes from us on Tuesdays, and we are changing that to Thursdays. Also, um, this podcast has proven to be hard <laughs> and takes up a lot of time. Worth um, it. And so while we, it, it is it totally is. worth it. Um, and so while we still want to give you guys as much content as we can, as much as we can, we are going to take the last Thursday of every month off. So the last Thursday of each month, there will not be an episode, but we will always pick back up the first Thursday of the next month. So one week yep. breaks here and there. Yeah. Which you guys have been really awesome uh, on social media during our break and yes. uh, we love Gosh, the support. Yes. Uh, we've got some exciting things to talk about today in Stars Hollow Speaks, but thank you for being understanding, and we're excited to be back in the new year with a new episode uh, and be here with you guys. I agree completely. And to talk to each other. I miss you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we've been busy. It's been a while since we spoke, um, and I miss Gilmore Girls. Yes. Like, I haven't really been watching it because, you know, there's been other shows, and now going back to it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is my favorite show, and I want to talk and about. I've got to say, I think there's a Gilmore resurgence going on. I'm seeing a lot more Gilmore oh, yeah. on TikTok. Uh, I use Bumble BFF, um, and I've been seeing a lot of girls being like, I love Gilmore Girls, and I'm like, well, I host a podcast. Be my friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, never been a better time to be a Gilmore fan. I agree completely. I have to admit something. By the time we were getting Uh, close to the end of the year last year, getting close to like right before we took a break, I was getting ever so close to being slightly burnt out. And then we took like two weeks off into it. I was like, well, let's just start this back up. It's been long enough. (laughs) So I watched all of season two, three, and four over our break. 
So. Oh, yeah, that, that, that feels about right. I mean, that's, that's kind of prime Gilmore. That's a good place to go yeah, back to is. if you it want is. to, like, remember why you love the show. Yes. And guys, season two is one of my favorite seasons. So coming back to it, it's it's kind of like coming back home. Yeah. Yeah. However, think, this episode is a little... I can't tell. Touchy. I don't want to say it's a filler episode because we obviously get things, but like it almost kind of felt like a filler. I mean, it's like a drama episode, but it is. Emily, it is. you actually get to summarize this episode for us. Uh, reminder, do. we're doing our 30 second summaries this season and uh, Emily is up this time. All right, Emily. Three, two, one. Okay, Friday night dinner. Emily wants to do a portrait of Rory for Richard's study. An oil painting? Seriously? Uh, we go to Luke's. Luke's toaster is broken. And then the inn. And they find out Fran owns the dragonfly. And then Fran's like, I don't want to give it up, though. I'm going to die with this thing. And then Mia shows up. Yay! And Emily, or, yeah. Rory's bad at oh, sitting no. <laughs> This is okay. This is bad. I thought we were going to give up on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, um, <laughs> I think I, I think I. Think I... <laughs> I think that I still hold the record for worst summary on the podcast. <laughs> but Emily, I think you're giving me a run for my money. <laughs> it's a close second. <laughs> so Emily gets a point for that one. But I mean, you did get us through like kind of the bulk of the episode there's there's one really major plot point that you didn't mention but we'll get there yeah my normally i am uh, a little more dedicated on my scenes and the notes (laughs) and i was depending on that to get me through and then i'm like wait these are just places this doesn't tell me (laughs) was this one me i showed yeah (sighs) okay i'll i will happily take the point on that one that was bad the little things that you missed just does commit a fake murder yes Mm -hmm. And uh, Lorelai is in a not-so-great mood in this episode. <laughs> yes. I've got lots. I think we have all have lots to say about yes. the way that she acts and treats Suki in this episode, but we'll get to it. So this episode is the ins and outs of ins, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. But so before we start this discussion properly um i do want to call something out there's a lot of racism oh my god yeah it's and bad. it starts from the beginning at this friday night dinner the first scene and it goes throughout the episode um it actually makes it one of my least favorite episodes because of it because watching it it makes me feel bad it yeah. makes me you know not want to like mia Yes, exactly. And, like, you want to love Mia. You, I mean, she helped raise these girls, obviously. So, like, to see mm-hmm. this just kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Yep. And we start just straight up the bat with uh, casual racism. Extremely from like, Emily. blatant casual racism. Right? Yeah. <laughs> One of those oh-so-quaint little countries in Mexico. The weird food. Yeah. Um, <sighs> And I kind of hate that Rory's the one that says weird food because... Alexis is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So, like, Different now food? you're making the, yeah, now you're, you're making the um, the Spanish girl in the cast 
say something disparaging about her own mm-hmm. culture. Not great. Don't like it. So many Just other ways thoughts. you could like refer mm-hmm. to that food. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is a theme that we see throughout the entire series with Emily's maids. If they're not mm-hmm. like, if they're not nameless, then often they are some other, right? They always mm-hmm. other the maids. The maids are unintelligent or they are from some other culture. And oh, Emily. Or they walk very loudly. Yeah. yeah. But moving on from that, although, like I said, I wanted to acknowledge it because it is a big thing mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard's in Akron, Ohio, which gets a bad rap, apparently. I've never been to Ohio. So- so, so <laughs> over our break, I'm in Indiana, drove out to New Jersey, where my brother lives, and went through Akron, Ohio. Oh, and, like, ah. I was literally thinking of this as, we, as like, I saw the exits <laughs> to get off on, and I was like, I know this town. I've heard of you. Um, not as small as they make it seem, which, granted, this was, like, what, 15, almost 20 years yeah, ago? a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it could have grown quite a bit since then, but, like, it has its own signs off of the interstate and i don't feel like tiny towns tend to have their own signs off the interstate yeah i mean when i think of ohio i just think of ohio is for lovers but akron is there too so every time we cross into ohio if sean's not paying attention i make sure i put that song on the music like i cue it up so it's playing it every single time he just looks at me like really and then we go down an emo playlist for like the next hour and a half. Yes. Well, anyway, well, uh, Richard's not having a great time. Yes. No. Uh, apparently, I don't know. I think Emily's projecting that Richard's not having a great time because she seems super depressed about it. But he had to eat dinner in a coffee shop last night. Yeah. A Starbucks. Heaven forbid. Who knows? And um, Panera. She kind of let's say manipulates Rory into posing for it's an oil, oil skillful pity. manipulation and Lorelai sees mm-hmm. it coming a mile away um mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I mean we know Rory she's okay to play into her grandma's schemes like she's mm-hmm. pretty down with it um and as mm-hmm. Sandra said it is or actually I think Emily you said in your uh summary she's getting an oil painting done of herself <laughs> for Richard's study yeah and not from a picture you only do that at the mall <laughs> Is that even done at the mall? Back then, potentially. Maybe. I will give kudos to Emily, but this is like a one step forward, eight steps back kind of thing. She mentions that one of the painters that did Lorelei's, this Italian man, she thought she saw them rifling through her recyclables. I was like, okay, awful, but good that you recycled? Yeah. (laughs) In the early 2000s <laughs> when it wasn't nearly such a hot topic? True. Um, true. Hmm. Um, sure. <laughs> but anyway, Rory agrees she would be happy to sit for an oil painting for her grandfather, who she loves very mm-hmm. much. So after the Friday night dinner, we do move on to the next scene after the um, theme song at Luke's. And Lorelai and Luke are having a business meeting at 7.45 in the morning. This business well, it meeting. it had to have been earlier than that. No. Because it kind of no, ends no. at 7.45 Jess. when Jess. Oh, right. Yeah. So they would have been there I earlier than that. He, theoretically, maybe 7 they got together and they've been talking for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it seems to kind of wrap up when 
when it starts. Yes. Over our break, I saw yet another Reddit post with somebody trying to be like, what time do the Gilmores wake up? At this point, we all have to drop it. Nobody like, knows. It, yeah. We have to accept that it is unknowable. Um, but this whole scene really makes me frustrated, and I bet you guys will agree, because later on, much later on, we will get an entire plot arc where Richard is talking to Luke about his business, um, mm-hmm, and Luke mm-hmm. is like, business? What's that? I don't know anything. I love this scene because he is savvy. He is an expert mm-hmm. at what he does. Like, this is this is hot Luke. This is capable Luke. We lose this, this smart, man. intelligent, can take care of himself, started his own business from scratch. This is the a successful see, business at that. This is the man that makes sense with Lorelai. Let's see if anyone understands this reference. Uh Luke Dane gets Eric Matthews throughout the seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or uh, he just gets a little dumber each time. We can we can go a little a little farther ahead because I think this reference might be a little more popular because it's getting a resurgence as well. You got Joey Tribbiani. Ooh, yeah, in a bad way. It just yeah, <laughs> poor Luke. <laughs> um, but no, I completely agree. Um, but as good as Luke is being in this scene, Jess is being. Awful. Jess is the worst. Jess actively avoids a woman who is holding out her coffee cup while he walks by with coffee. And then mm-hmm. when he gets on Luke about, like, are you going to, you know, break Open child, labor-, child yeah. labor laws? Or can I go to school? He just drops the hot coffee pot on the table next to Lorelai and leaves. Right? Well, when Lorelai is like, how are you? And he's like, I'm not bleeding or anything. <laughs> I love that. Lie. That's a great line. Gosh. That's, that's a great line. But... Do you look at Lorelai when he puts that coffee pot down? Because yep. she just kind of stares at it like, uh, oh, okay. If I had been in high school and a boy like Jess, who looked like Jess, said that to an adult in my presence, I would have melted into a puddle on the ground. Like, that would have been the <laughs> yeah. most, like, oh my gosh, he's such a bad boy moment to me. But anyway, Jess we, is off to school. No, no. <laughs> we, we do need to talk about Jess, because Jess, teenage just to teenage viewer hot as hell oh yeah beautiful gorgeous adult the viewer to teenage Jess. yikes this boy needs an attitude adjustment get away from my daughter yeah <laughs> and we do get I, mean, I still like we him do Rory, little, but... get a little bit yeah. of growth from him in this episode which is very exciting mm-hmm. um but it's not mm-hmm. until the we'll very get end. to it um which I don't know if Luke is already struggling with his toaster, but there's a toaster storyline somewhere buried in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was trying <laughs> to get to it in the summary. <laughs> really um, but before we get there, we do get a mention of Rachel. Yeah. Oh, the Rachel property. Yeah. Miss Rachel, who I thought was never going to be mentioned again, does get mentioned. I think this and, is her last mention. Well, I mean, Lorelai yeah, even is like, I'm going to stop saying her name because I keep saying it yeah. and that's rude. And this is yeah. awkward. So the last thing I want to mention about this scene is I do like the little insight into Luke's dad. Mm-hmm. His dad was just not a business person, but still made his hardware store. Times were much, much simpler then. Oh, yes. that you could oh, open yeah. a business with cash <laughs> without an accountant or any of the other roles that he mentions that I can't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
at that point, all you had to be is smart and have the money available. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Lorelai is. Like, she's she's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and should we go on to the inn? Yes, and... We go on to Michelle being an ass. I mean, always. <laughs> As always. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And we find out that Fran owns the dragonfly. Mm-hmm. And Fran is the owner of the bakery. So that is how we yes. know yeah, her. Weston's. Um, but they're excited because they know Fran and they love Fran. And this is great news. She owns mm-hmm. the property. Guys, so they're going to meet with her. Guys, that's my favorite line. Tell me it's not that bastard Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, what my topical <laughs> 2001 reference. Yeah. Well, hey. I mean, that, <laughs> it's that so reference would still hold. I see that gif all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me laugh. What did you guys think about the um, end names they were trying to think of? Like the country. Oh, rose. yeah. The Paul Revere. I think they're fun. They're yeah. very East Coast, you know? Yeah. I feel like they're very cutesy. I actually cutesy. like the end by the hollow. I do too. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like a lot of them were very cutesy. And if Lorelai mm-hmm. would like come across an end with that name, she would make fun of it. Because it would be a bed and breakfast. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as like we find out, Fran um, from the Weston, from Weston Bakery, owns the Dragonfly. We get this tiny little scene of Taylor Dozy arriving to work. And seeing a top outline so well. mm-hmm. of a tiny person. Because, like, <laughs> if you look at their like, the actual measurements, okay. they do not make sense. I could probably fit in that. <laughs> <laughs> so it could just be a small it just adult, but it is roped off yeah. with, uh, like, pot, caution police caution. tape. Mm-hmm. And the cops are there. Or is that well, later? We're not okay. there yet. No, not yet. From there, we go to Franz with yeah. We, it was uh, a tiny, tiny little thing, and we go to Weston's. Yes. Yep. And um, Suki is late, which is important to mention. Suki's late to this meeting. Mm-hmm. Lorelai's already had like three different bakery treats by the time What's she gets a rum there. Ball? I don't know. Um, I'm assuming it's a cake made with rum. Yeah, like my family that has like sense. rum cookies that they do for uh, holidays. I mean, I love rum, so I'm down for it. Um, Starbucks but- has the cake pop, so maybe it's something like that. Anyway. They haven't explicitly set a meeting with Fran. They have just gone to the bakery nope. knowing that Fran will be there. And so when Suki arrives, they kind of pull Fran over and poor ailing old Fran uh, straight up tells them, I will never sell this property. It's been in my family, and I will own it forever. <laughs> so, like, this is supposed to be a business me- meeting. It's not, because it was never explicitly said to Fran yeah. that this is a business meeting. Right. But uh, it's supposed to be. And in this meeting, you're supposed to be able to be like, hey, so what happens after you pass? Mm-hmm. You know? And what instead- happens? And honestly, it kind of surprises me that Suki just like when she doesn't get it after a couple minutes, it's like, what happens when you die? Just like right. yeah. works it out blatantly. That just seems like a very Suki thing to happen. And it never they happened. just keep asking her, well, what happens if you go on a vacation? What about a really long vacation? What about the long what vacation? The long we will all everybody- go. <laughs> but I mean, Fran is just adamant. I will not sell that property. I am sorry. She wishes them well on their adventure. Um, but the dragonfly is 
just not going to be sold. It's just hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, every time it comes up, I always think I'm like, wouldn't it have been so nice? Fran knew their interest if she had like willed the property to them. Yeah. Wouldn't that have oh, been so yeah. sweet? Well, I feel like Fran unfortunately gets screwed over every time she's shown. Yeah. Like the first time she's shown, she's giving wedding cake samples to uh people that already have a yeah. cake. Yep. And now it's just like, I want your property and when will you die yeah. so I can get it. Yep. Uh-huh. Um so, you know, yikes. But then we do get the scene oh, with yes. the police officers outside of Dosies. Yes. So Rory and Lane are talking and Lane is talking about Jamie Fernman uh is trying to be Lane's friend again. Right. Which I like the implication that, you know, Lane's life continues even though we don't yes. see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and Jamie Furman will come up a look again, mm-hmm. although I don't think we ever see this person. No, I was kind of, I wanted to go back and check, and I, I couldn't remember, because um, Lane makes a reference that somebody told her that, you know, she'd make a good cheerleader. I think and that And I wondered was, if it was the same person. Yeah, I think it's the I think same it's person. the same kind of, like, storyline that's going on in the background, yeah. which, I mean, hey, first justice for Lane of 2022, but... I love that she has this life outside, and it's going to ruffle Rory's feathers later on um, that she does have this kind of, like, whole life without Rory. Yeah. Speaking of Rory, I wanted to see if you guys noticed, Rory has not been in the episode until now, except for the opening scene. Yeah. So for several scenes... It's a Lorelai-heavy episode. It's an extremely Lorelai-heavy episode, and we will get to the reason why, we promise. Well, yeah. But yeah, the cops have shown up because a crime, a crime has been committed right outside of Dozie's. Who would have thunk here in our sweet small town a murder? Um, Or at least... Two crimes, (laughs) according to (laughs) Boots. Someone got murdered, and then someone stole the body. Taylor, well, actually, three crimes, because Taylor Dozie is back in that cardigan. Um, Oh, well. But yeah, the, That's just a crime. the body is missing. The Maybe there was never a body. Taylor's convinced. Uh, there's a female cop, which, hey, go Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. But like, world. small town Stars Hollow of no police officer in that town has any idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Clue number one, no. that this is fake. Or that the scene is fake. Clue number... I. What police organization is going to do a head count right? of the town to right. figure out if anybody's missing because that just seems like a surefire way to think somebody died like somebody and, is and not everybody home. is accounted What's for worse? how she doesn't even know bootsy she's like is this your son but then two seconds right? later everyone's accounted for you don't even know this person five <laughs> seconds ago yeah um so lane and Rory witnessed this, and eagle-eyed Rory notices that off in the distance, a handsome young man is smiling to himself, almost in a conspiratorial way, as if perhaps he did it. And I'll tell you, that handsome young man is not her boyfriend. Nope, who's right next to her and is gonna be the one cleaning up this mess. Yeah. The way you described that just reminded me of, like, a dungeon master describing an NPC getting ready to like, start a new, a new I think story maybe line. it's uh, from dating a dungeon master for ten years. Maybe it's rubbed off there on me. <laughs> well, regardless, Rory does not seem impressed. No. No, she doesn't. No. And it's, at this point, because we know where the storyline is going, I feel like it's kind of refreshing to see her not just immediately kind of 
I guess, giggling Swoon. to herself mm-hmm. because it's Jess. It's nice to be for to see her be like, hmm, you kind of suck for this. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get more of that. But we move on to the inn and Rory's doing Lorelai's taxes. The, Weren't you or guys like all the CPAs at 17, 16 years old? I mean, it's <laughs> it really is that whole like Bella Renee thing where why is the kid being the adult in this situation? Lorelai's going to For business, business school. Like, mm-hmm. come on, girl. When it like, it's not practice? even her private pra- uh, taxes. It's the ends taxes. And her her workaround for what putting sponges and cooking oil, cooking spray, cooking cooking spray, oil, spray yeah. is to wear a scoop neck sweater. Like, no, I, I don't, yeah, I don't we can move on from that, that because bigger and more exciting things are happening at the inn. Somebody shows up. The boss is here. <laughs> The boss, the big boss, who we have heard of, but definitely never seen until this point, Mia. Mm-hmm. And everybody is excited for Mia. Except and I was Michelle. too. <laughs> like, I was excited for Mia. I'm excited to meet this woman that raised Lorelai, basically mm-hmm. raised Lorelai, yeah. I guess. Lorelai Saved Lorelai. Kind of an adult, yeah. Um, but like helped her out and all this stuff. And then it's just immediate racism and it kills me. Yeah, because Mia kills me. Just can't understand Michelle. And we all know that the character of Michelle has kind of like a a French accent. The actor himself is Mm -hmm. not French, but he does a French accent. And Mm -hmm. everybody can understand him. Right? It's not like yeah. he speaks French. He speaks English with a French accent. And Mia is even like, did you read those books? Did you get the, the tapes? tapes? Did, yeah. No, did you get the tapes that I oh got you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you've been in the U.S. for so how long now and you still can't speak English? Like, it's so bad. I have to <gasps> half think. I'm like, are you trolling him? Like, is this just uh, yeah. the long time? I thought it was too, but she's messing so... With Michelle? She's so, like... Serious about it. Genuine. Yeah, it's... It sucks. It does. But Mia, Mm -hmm. immediately, Rory and Lorelai are, like, essentially fangirling over Mia. They rush Mm -hmm. to her, and she's here for an inspection, which means she has the girls twirl around and tells them they're too thin and too beautiful. Ugh. Wish my mom would Um, tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) One nice little comparison that I liked here is that Lorelai goes... Like, you know how Lorelai talks a little bit too much sometimes, mm-hmm. right? A little bit? Earlier in, the epi- <laughs> earlier in the episode, Emily literally shut her up by slamming the salt like a gavel, mm-hmm. right? And yet, Mia lets her talk. Yeah. 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 I, I Very quick backtrack. Something I noticed immediately in that first scene at the Friday night dinner. Lorelai says something along the lines like, get out of here. And Emily responds with, I will not get out of here and takes it very <laughs> yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me very much of the Princess Diaries. Oh, Shut yeah. Up. Shut up. up. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And so I had to look it up. They came out at essentially the same time. So somehow these two completely separate entities came up with essentially the same joke at the same time. I can't help but wonder if there are writers involved. That's some convergent but... evolution, baby. <laughs> Where are my wildlife people at? <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking, speaking of uh, things that don't translate well, um, Rory and Lorelai just immediately troll Michelle. Ugh. And Michelle takes it so seriously. And I feel for him. Because in that moment, you already have 
you know, your boss disparaging you because of your accent. And then your boss's boss telling you that she can't understand a thing you say. Worry, the 16-year-old child comes in and starts misinterpreting everything on purpose. Like, how do you know Mia's not going to walk out of there and be like, are you sure you need him? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. We give Michelle a hard yeah. time for being a jerk. But, like, also, I would be really upset at the end of the day if this is how my coworkers and superiors treated me. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And also, there's been no mention of Michelle being asked to go to this hypothetical new inn. Yes, right. that has not come up yet. I thought about that. So maybe jealousy? Yeah, because he does, maybe. in that scene where they're talking about their new inn names, uh, Michelle does say, mm-hmm. you know, most businesses fail in the first two years. He's really, like, cautioning mm-hmm. them in, like, a negative way. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of it could stem from jealousy, especially based on what we will see later on in the series yeah. with him and the inns and everything. But Mm -hmm. Mia is here, and she wants to see the town. It's been a long time since she was around. Um, So we go to Luke's. Yeah, of course. And And Luke is so happy. The most affectionate Luke we have ever seen. The longest embrace. Oh, my gosh. And they're, like, glued together at the hips. Right? It's bizarre. She calls him Lucas. They're uncomfortably close. Yeah. When they're talking after the hug, they are so... (laughs) And I don't know if it's because, like, COVID, we're all... I mean, it looks like station to be six feet apart, but they're like six inches. It apart. looks like a pose you would do yeah, for an weird. engagement photo shoot. You know, <laughs> right? it kind of does. Luke and Mia. So my note is, I don't understand Mia's energy. She's both old lady kind and rich woman mean. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, she really is. And uh, it's something worth noting, I think, is. So this is Mia currently. Mia will be played by a different actress with kind of a different vibe sure. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a very distinct era of Mia. Mm-hmm. And in this scene with Luke, we learn that Luke wore a Star Trek shirt. <laughs> uh, he was a Trekkie. He was a Trekkie, which, no shame. That's a pretty cool fandom yeah. to be part of. But of course, Lorelai and Rory tease him mercilessly. To be fair, this is before the Star Trek movies came out in the 2000s when it kind of got like a resurgence. Mm-hmm. This was prime like, you're a nerd if you like Star Trek, which I hate um, that mm-hmm. thought. But yeah, we're nerds. We, it makes we just sense. Talk about right? Dungeons and Dragons like five yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> it, it makes sense for Lorelai and Rory to make fun of him for that. Not that it's right. It just doesn't surprise me. It fits with like the, the era. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is when the toaster situation is happening because Jess comes downstairs and immediately mm-hmm. is like, "Yeah, you're fixing that wrong." Mm-hmm. And I just want to know why does Jess know how well, to fix I mean, the toaster? Luke has got like a screwdriver like shoved in the toaster or something terrible. Like, thank God it's not plugged in. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> also, toasters aren't really super expensive appliances. No, they're not. No. They're not. Maybe like the semi-industrial one that Luke has because of it being a diner. But honestly, he refers later to, you know, he has to use like the crappy little one because his big one isn't working. There's not much of a size difference. (laughs) They're both two slice toasters. So what Luke needs is an upgrade. Uh, But Mia is loving it uh, because I believe Taylor comes in to the diner during this scene Mm -hmm and explodes it's a classic taylor versus luke moment i thought um this moment was 
let's say, interesting in how fiercely Luke defends Jess. Yeah. God's family. Like, you're going to get a fiercer in the town meeting, but, like, Luke is, like, down. Yeah. <laughs> To defend Jess, and I was like, "Oh wow!" For a kid who uh, you get so much attitude from, families comes first. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't quite fully understand. Clearly, the police force is involved. Why is Taylor the one tracking down and investigating <laughs> this whole crime? Because I think the, I police, think the police, right? Cares. The police are like, "This is a joke. <laughs> We're not going to waste our time on this." And Taylor's like, "Well, then I'm gonna." He's doing some, like, vigilante justice here, and... It starts hollow. What else are the police doing? <laughs> well, what else has Jess been doing um, is the question. Is, yeah. <laughs> Taylor's actor memorizing all of those acronyms, I could never... Fantastic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of great acting on this show, but in essence... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of moments where, like, Taylor's character just really drives me crazy, but, mm-hmm. like, you, ha- you cannot say anything bad about the actor. He does a great no. job with him. He, he really does. Yeah. He makes you hate him. Mm-hmm. And that's the best sign of an actor. Yeah. Um, But, you know, so Mia and Lorelai are talking and they kind of talk about when Lorelai first arrived, this mm-hmm. plucky little girl with a little kid in her in her arms um, saying, like, I want a job or I'll do any job mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And I don't know if you guys saw that um, show Made. Mm-mm. I on have Netflix. not. Okay. Uh, there's a trigger warning associated with Made because there is abuse and stuff. But mm-hmm. it is basically the same concept of a girl with a little kid, right, going to someone's house and just being like, I will clean. Just give me anything to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Lorelai seems picturesque. Oh, yeah. Like, she had, like, immediate in immediately mm-hmm. became the best maid there was mm-hmm. yeah and more girl on girl hey all the maids hated you yeah because mm-hmm. they were so slow I'm... it's like well you know what they were also doing their job like yeah and you were just a teenager that got to live there from off the street mm-hmm. they probably all had to apply you know yeah well, I find yeah. it hard to believe that there is not at least one other competent maid on that staff before she showed up. And that's kind <laughs> right. of what it's implied to believe. Well, I mean, it's also very clear that she was Mia's favorite. And if you've yeah. ever worked anywhere where the boss has a favorite, you know that it's not a great feeling. It's an awkward yeah. uh, workplace situation. Um, yep. But Mia kind of says that Lorelai has made her redundant. You know, Lorelai mm-hmm. has been such a great manager that they don't even need the general manager of the place. I mean, made yeah. clear by the fact that we never see Mia. See her, like, yeah. What would her job be? Lorelai literally runs the place. Mm-hmm. And without you, I wouldn't know what to do. And God, Rory and Lorelai's faces. Yeah. It kind of... The whole conversation makes me wonder, like, I understand Lorelai being scared to start her own business, but she's clearly been running this in, nobody above her for years. Like, obviously, there's something scary with the startup and all the money that's going to be involved, but, like, clearly she's a competent executive manager Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. inn. Like, to me, it just, there wouldn't, I feel like she should have been more confident in what was happening. Yeah. Because if she owned the Independence Inn, you know, obviously 
it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lorelai's confidence definitely takes a dive mm-hmm. in this episode. Like, she even will get it when, when she talks to Luke, but, like, she's confident in the things she has done already. Mm-hmm. Right? So, where is that confidence in the things she will do? Yeah. It's that conversation yeah. she has with Luke of she does the things she, she can do the things she has to do. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think that kind of shows you, Lorelai, that you can do anything you put your mind to. Just because you don't yeah. have to do it doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. We move on to the end and, you know, Lorelai immediately tells Suki um, about how she didn't really think about Mia in mm-hmm. all of this. So I think it's interesting because she she says, like, I didn't even think about telling Mia that we wanted to leave and start our own inn. And that's, I think it's such an interesting way to look at it. Because at the end of the day, it's employment, right? When -hmm. you're thinking about employment Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about bettering yourself through a different job, you shouldn't be worried about what your boss thinks. But there's so Mm -hmm. much tied into her position at the Independence Inn and her experience with Mia. She can't Mm -hmm. separate the two. It's not about I'm doing this because it's best for me. It's all of a sudden like... But Mia gave me everything. Like, how could I do this to her? And that really sets her on a path through this episode that makes her even more um, uncomfortable with this kind of, like, tough thing they're going through. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in corporate America... You don't want to tell your boss. No. Because in corporate America's mind, everyone is replaceable. Oh, yeah. Everyone can be trained for the new job. You're not the only person that knows how to do A, A B, and mm-hmm. C. And it's like, man, the way corporations treat people yeah. really sucks. Mm-hmm. My last job, I was, I knew in two months' time I was going to be starting a new program to learn software development. And I was not going to give my, I was going to give the standard two months no, or two weeks notice. But then they started wanting me to take on like, kind of an assistant manager role in my department so instead of taking that on i was like hey so you don't train me in all of this and out of respect for you like here's what's going on here's what's going to be my last day they basically had me work out my two weeks and then at the end of the day on a friday like you're done here i know you were going to work here for another month but you're done yeah yeah it's like i did all of this out of respect for you and the company and you guys literally just crapped on me yep and so. that's kind of what companies do. And mm-hmm. Lorelai in this situation. I mean, Lorelai like, has so much privilege, though, in this situation, though, to, like, know that she is yeah. so wanted at her yeah. current job and to have the ability to be able to tell her boss and have her boss, like, cheer for her. True. But, yeah, so at the same time that this is happening with Suki and, and Lorelai, Lorelai gets a phone call from Emily. And Emily's complaining about Rory not being the stellar little person that she has what to be. What is this pose in this chair? <laughs> it's ridiculous. She's got one arm like raised and curved up over her head. Like a ballerina? <laughs> like she's trying to do a ballerina while pose sitting while sitting throne. down. Oh gosh, yeah. And there's a swan. And of course Rory's trying to do it, but yeah. anybody who has had to hold their arms out or above their head for any extended period of time knows they just eventually, they get tired. Oh, doesn't matter how strong you are. <laughs> like, your arms get mm-hmm. tired. And and I love how Lorelai just hits yeah. the nail on the head oh, yeah. with, are you making her do this? Well, it's only one arm. 
what would you rather have me do? Have her read a book? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. That's perfect. That is Rory that, Gilmore to a T. That's Rory Gilmore, but that's also a lot of what Rory and Richard's relationship is based yeah. on is the books that they read and discuss oh, yeah. together. Like it's perfect. It's literally perfect. And this scene does have yet another example of asshole animals, which is a, a <laughs> swan theme to just swans. <laughs> swan. The swan is mean sounding and Emily decides to cut the swan because it's hungry, quote unquote. <laughs> well, uh, we we move back to Stars Hollow, and um, it's town meeting. We have a town meeting, guys. guys. Finally, I and really like thought there were more town meetings than this. I think they must get more prevalent <laughs> in later seasons because I do too. I think yeah. they do. Yeah, I think about town meetings. Obviously, we named our podcast after it <laughs> as being a, a pretty big thing in the show. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai and Rory and Mia are like, we're late. and But no, we're not late because we see Luke and Luke is never late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the comedy is in process. Yeah. Yeah. All about a freaking 17 year old kid. That's really the, just the wild part about this. Like they, the entire town minus a handful of people who they, the town know will be um, on his side are are literally mm-hmm. talking about running this 17-year-old boy who is in a bad situation out of town. I got the impression that Lorelai was invited. That's why she's saying she's late. Oh, I I thought that it was just that, you know, Ooh. they thought that I it think was it's regular just Luke time. Who was not invited. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if they thought it was supposed to start at like 7:30, 7:45, but the mm-hmm. standard time is 8. But Luke does say the time on his watch cuz they ask him what time it is and they don't say anything about being late. They say they should go back and get pie to make themselves late. This is true. They probably knew Lorelai would have sided with Luke. Right, and probably. she does. Good for her, even though she clearly does not like this boy either. But at this meeting... No, but she likes Luke. Yeah, at this meeting, <laughs> yes. uh, essentially the town has come together to discuss all of Jess's crimes and why they don't like him. Uh, Wait, can we talk about his crimes? Yes. So <laughs> his crimes are that he stole that money from Taylor, which was repaid. Which is fair. Right? That's not cool, yes. but it got paid back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stole the gnome. Uh, Pierpont was returned. <laughs> Pierpont. Yep. He also hooted one of Miss Patty's dances. Which, uh, what does that even classes? mean? Rose. Like, he just walked Rude. by and went, hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> He's a New Yorker. He, <laughs> he took a garden hose from Fran's yard. Which, oh, no. Just why, you why did he steal a hose? Yeah, what do you do with a hose? And um, my son, oh, this is oh, Andrew. Yeah. Andrew says that his son set off all the fire alarms at school. Which that's like okay. First of all, Andrew had a son. Surprise, has a son. I didn't even know he was married. Like Andrew doesn't look old enough to have a teenager. Andrew has white hair. Yeah, I mean he's got yeah he's got like gray and white in his hair. Okay. Anyway, but like (laughs) also setting off a fire alarm uh, without a fire is I think at least fifteen minute break. I mean it's at least a misdemeanor if not like a, a. felony yeah that's like a serious it's like a serious thing so if that had happened he would have been in legal trouble i just remember as a student whenever the fire alarm went off i was like yeah break yeah like i was never upset about it yeah as Um, a student and then of course he controls the weather and also he wrote the screenplay to glitter which is (sighs) the funniest thing but yeah so luke is defensive and immediately bootsy gets involved well bootsy this is a bootsy heavy episode yeah 
But it turns out there's boof, uh, boof, there's beef <laughs> between <laughs> Bootsy and Luke. I like combined uh-huh. Bootsy, Luke, and beef into Curtis. <laughs> um, but no, there's like drama about stepping on art projects as children. It's just, it's dumb and. Luke is correct. Luke is the one who is right here. And Lorelai comes to his, mm-hmm. um, support him and says that if there is an issue, which we're not saying there is, yeah. Luke needs to be given time to deal with it before the entire yep. town gets involved. Because at this point, Luke is his guardian and that's the way that it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Luke is done with the town. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Even, he's even like, I was going to stay open for you guys, but no. <laughs> nope. Good. Wield that power. Yeah. Right? Do it. Real quick, when when the town meeting, when they first walk in, um, do you guys see Mr. C- or Mrs. Cassini? Mm-mm. Like, before they start referring to her about, like, they, whatever Jess did to her, she is sitting, like, in the second to last row just passed out oh yes like, oh her eyes are wait, closed the extremely mrs. Old lady. oh lanahan yes lanahan. mrs lanahan, lanahan. sorry Wrong yeah, yeah. Oh, because apparently I only remember because of West Wing. she she had to go elsewhere she had to go to a different grocery store to get her to head get of her lettuce. lettuce um and lorelei says to her very blatantly out loud you shouldn't be driving should. anymore which that is such a funny joke. it's but like what a what a wild what thing in this to context say. makes you think that because she's old because she's sleeping yeah. yeah i mean the elderly and driving is like a whole discussion that we don't need to have yeah. but we don't need to go into <laughs> I, yeah. when, whenever you watch this episode again like the second they walk into the town meeting watch her she's, she's in just, all of the scenes that they that they're in camera yeah she's out um, we find out that Dean's the poor person that has to clean up the sidewalk, which is and funny. he's been doing it uh, for, like, a long time? For days? Like, what did he I use? swear to you, a hose that he, that was stolen from France because could wash this in five the seconds. The other thing is that, wasn't it, Taylor said in the scene where he came to confront Luke that Jess was seen skulking around some chalk or something? So I had assumed then that this was a chalk outline chalk yeah and so the fact the that hose. dean can't get the chalk <laughs> off the sidewalk makes me worry for dean well and he says he's <laughs> scraping it yeah and I don't then get it we see it like we see it and you see it's the outline faded, it's a lot yeah. fainter than it was it's like did jess find permanent chalk somewhere what is this this, <laughs> this is as far as chalk. i know this t- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh um well this does allow because Rory goes off to find Dean, uh, mm-hmm. Lorelai and Mia to have their conversation, and back to the corporate conversation we having before. Yes, Mia's down. She's like, Mia's like oh, yeah, you're leaving? this is great. Cool. Oh my gosh, what? That means that we yeah. missed an entire Mia Michelle moment that was pretty important. <laughs> I'm just realizing oh, when Mia finally understands Michelle. Yeah, Mia and oh. Michelle are trying to solve this lamp problem, and he speaks mm-hmm. to her completely normally and like i i am very privileged i i don't have an accent i spoke in english as my first language my entire life um but like how frustrating for michelle to have to continue to follow his boss around while she's probably been like i can't understand you all day 
because he's very mm-hmm. defeated when he tells her, like, we can build a base. Like, and she, I understood yeah. that. And they both have to act so excited. Oh, Michelle, I feel for you, my it's friend. It's so condescending. That's, that's why it makes me feel like she's half trolling this entire time. Because as soon as he says something that's helpful, oh, I understand that. I got every word Anything of before that. that wasn't something that she needed to, she really needed to hear. Yeah. Also, that lamp was straight from the 90s. Oh, it was a Tiffany lamp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But that is why Lorelai had held off on telling Mia because she was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, Mia's so happy about understanding Michelle and the lamp. And then Suki makes chicken noises. That, too. So, yes, Mia <laughs> has been told at this point, And Mia is, like, super down to the point where she's like, this is great news because it means that I can sell she the can- inn. <laughs> yep. It makes me feel like she's been holding on to the inn for Lorelai's sake. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got that impression, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, Lorelai freaks. freaks out. Absolutely. Spirals. Oof. And Ugh. this next scene is harsh. It's a hard one to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Lorelai arrives at the end the next day, and she's, like, preparing for a wedding or some kind of event. Um, she's doing busy work that I feel like yeah. any other person that works there should have been doing. Yeah, Not the manager. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and Suki comes over with the menu. Uh, it's actually for the Duncan wedding. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down. <laughs> and um, apparently, like, the entire thing is scratched out and, like, new things are written in. And Lorelai's just like, I can't read this. And it's not amused. No. Mm-hmm. Like Lorelai normally would be. It's just cold. Yeah. Yeah. And Suki is being her absolute normal, cheery, excited Chipper. self. Um, earlier mm-hmm. in the episode... Uh, Lorelai had praised her kind of scatterbrained brilliance joke that people call mm-hmm. her the maestro. Um, and so Suki is just business now, as usual. And now she is just, it's awful. <laughs> this scene really hurts me because I'm such a Suki fan. And they have what turns out to be their first big friend fight. Their mm-hmm. entire relationship, they have not had a fight like this. As much as I hate to say it, I do think this is a conversation that Lorelai and Suki needed to have, maybe in a less angry tone. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think the points that Lorelai made were relevant, and I think we see that too when they're opening the dragonfly. There's a whole episode about the breakdown mm-hmm. um, of essentially. It's like I feel like Lorelai made valid points in a very not great and angry way. Yeah. Well, Lorelai even says like in business you have to be detached. Lorelai's yeah. not detached right now. No. no. No, but she, I mean, no, she you says, not. you're never on time. You can't keep a menu the same. Um, I can't count on you, Budget essentially. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's telling her how that's right. not going to work. And, you know, maybe they're not ready to start. And it's the hardest part for me is when Suki eventually is like, we're having this conversation because Lorelai keeps being like, trying to like end it and Suki's like no we're having this conversation and she even says you were the one who got this ball rolling because Lorelai was the one who called her out of the blue and was like let's do it let's get started Lorelai was sad and alone and so she decided she was gonna Mm -hmm. make the end happen and Suki says you know you got the ball rolling and we were both on the ball and you hopped off the ball and I'm still on the ball and she's still trying to make it work she says um Lorelai's like you know this is too much for me and Suki goes that's why we'll be partners 
when things get too heavy for one person, the other can pick up the slack. And Lorelai gets her claws out. And she's just like, well, my back is killing me from the slack I've picked up from you. Yes. That's not the way to approach a business meeting. This is not a business meeting. This is a friendship fight. No. But this is a business meeting at the same time. I don't feel like any of the business meetings in this episode, other than the very first one between Luke and Lorelai, actually count as business meetings. No. 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 Any meeting where one best friend has to say... I can't cry in front of you because it's just going to give you something else to say, I'm too Mm -hmm. emotional. I'm too emotional. Oh, my gosh. And Lorelai was so patronizing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she was. So bad. Not her finest hour. it made me not like Lorelai here. Like, I was like, this is not the person I like so much. Yeah. So, yeah, after Suki and, um... And Lorelai stopped fighting. We go over to Dozie's, the town square. Basically, Rory and Dean are walking through town together. And uh, Dean has to stop at the market because he has to pick up his paycheck before four. Because otherwise, Taylor will be Taylor. Taylor Taylor just won't give it to him. (laughs) And up saunters Jess, looking Mm -hmm. like a snack. Um, And he's pretty pleased with himself. He's... yeah. Mm -hmm. And Rory's like, no. I thought it was so funny that Rory's like giving one word answers and he's like, feeling succinct today, huh? And it's like, Jess, <laughs> Jess Mariano, the person who says, huh, a million times an episode is uh-huh. calling someone out. Yeah. And then he, he has the gall to be like, did I do something to offend? Um, yeah. And she lets him have it. She is just like, mm-hmm. Luke has done so much for me and my mom and you are making everybody upset with him and just like tries to play it off at first but i mean rory gets a second wind and goes off on him again and it really seems to hit jess that luke is really sticking his neck out for him and jess is Mm -hmm. not giving him anything in return and i mean Yeah. yeah i thought it was really cute that jess came back yes to his credit oh yeah um and she he does listen and i do think that he takes it to heart. Yes. Based on, I feel like this yeah. is the beginning of the turning point with Jess and Luke, mm-hmm. where he finally yes. starts to realize, like, oh, this guy's like actually here for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, he's been obviously not had that kind of parental role. Yeah. And I do also like that um, Jess is like, oh, I didn't realize they were coming down so hard on him, and mm-hmm. Rory's just like, you're not stupid, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like don't pretend. This is also the very, very beginning glimmers of what is coming. Yeah. Because he, he mm-hmm. asks her like, but it, it was, was funny. funny. Yeah. And she smiles. She doesn't say yes. She says that's not the point. Um but like, oh it's so exciting. And immediately, <laughs> immediately Dean comes, Dean comes out. out. Yeah. And he's so tall. He's extremely <laughs> tall. And does his, like, boyfriend? You never said. Of course. What? Yeah. When would she have ever had the opportunity to be like, I have a boyfriend up until now. The dinner that you walked out of every time you've grumped through the diner. Like, when would she have had the chance to sit down and be like, I'm in a committed relationship. <laughs> and he's already trying to split them up. Oh, you oh, never yeah. said. Yep. Like yeah, because we know Dean. There's no other reason to say that he doesn't back down either. No. 
Yeah. And Dean just looks confused. Thank goodness. Dean is nice here. Yeah. Dean is, he's a good boyfriend here. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, this is clearly before the Justine animosity mm-hmm. has really mm-hmm. gotten going. Yeah. Oh, and it will go. Uh, oh, yes, it will. It will. Um, but speaking of animosity, did I say animosity? Like, animosity. Animosity. Yeah. Uh, we go to the Friday night dinner, and yes. uh, Lorelai shoves her coat and purse at this woman. Yeah, Lorelai's in a bad oh. mood, and Rory like immediately calls it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she continues to be in a bad mood, which is such a bummer because. Emily is so excited at the beginning of this Friday night dinner. She's so happy. Mm-hmm. She's so proud of it. She wants to show it off. The painting is great. Rory likes it. Emily likes it. And Lorelai just has her arms crossed and just, again, like monosyllables. Doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jess. Quick question. Is the painting great? I mean, I think so. It looks like Alexis. It's big. <laughs> That's my qualification. She looks like she's had like a holy moment while reading this book. It, I mean, like she looks like a little angel. If I was. I mean, I guess that's what fancy rich grandmother, and I was paying for <laughs> that. That is what I would expect. I I suppose so. Richard will love it. You know what? I think it's very I, pretty. Yes, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's not a bad one. <laughs> it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. So, yeah, and Lorelai is just super harsh with Emily. And Emily is just like, you know, I don't remember doing anything to you this week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why am I getting this? Well, it's not so often that Emily comes in just, like, overly excited and happy. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually is. And to be fair, Emily does break down. Lorelai's overly excited and happy quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, I I feel like it hurt. Lorelai's actions are still uncalled for. Yeah. Um, and they have a little conversation where, you know, she explains what Lorelai explains to Emily what's going on. And mm-hmm. Emily says, basically, I understand. I've had bad days, too. Yeah. I think that I was such like... a moment of growth. Yeah. For oh, for sure. Yeah. I feel like Emily handled that very well mm-hmm. compared to what she could have done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so now it's the next day, and Luke is over at the Gilmore Girls um, fixing the hoppa that yes, waterproofing got destroyed. the hoppa. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but he and did Gilbert the goat. The goat. But Get yeah, helpless. yeah. I feel like and... they were just looking for a reason to have Luke over at the house. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, like, are you telling me there's nothing else that he could fix? There's always something. Are you saying that? In... Are they not just friends that they can go over each other's houses? No, because then no, who knows so. what would happen? <laughs> but are you telling me in all of this time since he gifted her the huppa, it's never rained? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yes. Yeah, so Lorelai is ranting to Luke, and um, I do like that line: "If I cry, will it freak you out?" And then Luke repeating it back to her later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cute. But I love seeing their friendship. There's some really good Luke Lorelai friendship scenes in this episode. Because mm-hmm. um, there really isn't like a romantic overtone to or undertone to either of these. It's just friends. friends. He's giving her advice mm-hmm. and it's good advice. I do think it's good for Lorelai too. I feel like the conversation with Emily and the conversation with Luke, she gets a little more out of it to really understand why she's feeling the way that she is. So hopefully that by the time she gets to Suki, she can really explain, like, 
I'm sorry. Here's why I acted the way that I did. And well, here's my concerns. She does say that this this is her memory home mm-hmm. going away. Right. And I know I've been there. Like, my childhood home was sold. And yeah. that was heartbreaking, right? You can never go back to the place that, like, yeah. you did your first things. And she does say, like, this is where I took my first step. Right. Mm-hmm. And I... I like that imagery of Rory taking her first step and then also Lorelai mm-hmm. taking her first step into adulthood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about being an adult is you have to let things go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we do get back to the independence and uh, mm-hmm. she apologizes. And Suki, when she comes in, is just like, Suki's just all business. She is still mm-hmm. upset because that fight sucked. And she's not changed anything on the menu. She's trying to be, you know, responsible. On (laughs) time and on budget. Yeah. I would kill for Suki's meatloaf. I'm not a meatloaf person, but I might eat it if Suki made it. (laughs) (laughs) New Jersey doesn't do good meatloaf. Anyways. So yeah, Lorelai apologizes. I don't think is the best apology she could have done. No. And also... Suki is so ready for the fight to be over that she that she's mm-hmm. just kind of crumbles pretty quickly. Yeah. As I feel like of all the things Lorelai said to Emily, Lorelai said to Luke, opening up with how she feels, I'm like these are the things you need to say to to Suki, the things you, you know, the person you actually had the fight with. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going into business with her. She needs to understand what your feelings are here and and what compromises and and what things you guys need to do for each other to make this successful. And Suki's right in that, you know, she's concerned that Lorelai will freak out again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's valid. Yeah. Lorelai is also valid in her concerns about Suki, but we'll get Mm -hmm. to that at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they make up. And at the same time, Mia is in the, um, I guess, the lobby. lobby. Just out there managing (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) When Emily Gilmore steps in. Because this is a heartbreaking during scene. the conversation between Emily and Lorelai during the Friday night dinner, um, Lorelai had brought up that Mia was there and Mia was part of the reason why she was in such a weird place. And uh, mm-hmm. Emily did react when Mia was brought up mm-hmm. because Mia, I mean, in this scene, she says, I wanted to see the woman who, you know, raised my daughter and it's not a it's not a a friendly meeting, at least not on Emily's side. Mm-hmm. No, it's a tense meeting for sure. Yeah, Mia even comments on it. Yeah, I do like that. Like Mia's like, you know, I was thinking of like, what if this was my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. What would I want? And it's like, I would want someone to take a, take care of my runaway daughter. And Emily's just like, and I would have liked if someone would have sent her home. And then my first thought was, what did you do, Emily, when uh, Rory showed up on your doorstep in a fight with her mom? Yeah, yeah. you didn't even let her yeah. speak to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand it's different situations. Yeah. Like, obviously, Rory went to her grandma. Lorelai went to a complete stranger and is clearly has no plans to go And home. also was a minor at the time, technically. Yeah. yeah. Well, they both were. Rory was in college by then, so oh no, already. No, oh no, sorry. I'm yeah. talking about you're talking during the about... Dean breakup, right? Right. I thought you were talking about the later years. Yeah, but oh, I mean, also, it's like a kind of a similar <laughs> yeah. situation because 
Rory came to Emily and said, like, my mom and I had a fight, you know, and I don't want to be there. Um, and I'm sure that when Lorelai showed up at the inn, I'm sure that she had a reason why she couldn't go home that she told Mia, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I can't be with my parents for X reason. We know Lorelai is not one to be, uh, quiet. She probably said plenty. Um, I understand both sides here. I think that Mia was who Lorelai needed at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mia repeatedly tries to get Emily to, like, have some lunch with me or how about we get a cup of tea? Emily does not want that. Um, Emily just wanted to see her and leave. And she does not want Lorelai to know that she came. But Mm -hmm. she does want one thing. Yes. And that's if, can you please give me some pictures of that time? Yeah. Oh, my heart. And it's she gets, like, almost out the door. And she turns yeah. around and says, do you have any pictures from that time? And Mia will send her a whole box tomorrow. Like, oh, how heartbreaking that somebody else has all of those baby pictures of Rory. All of those pictures of your little girl being a mother. Like, mm-hmm. that's rough. And you have to think how hard, like, we know how prideful Emily is. How mm-hmm. how hard it had to be for her to actually ask that of Mia, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Well, we end the episode in Luke's diner. Mm-hmm. Jess is mm-hmm. actually working. Yes. Like, he's picking up plates oh. and mugs. It's wow, it's like he's stepping it up a little. <laughs> uh, just a little. And uh, Rory and Lorelai are there for breakfast. And Rory wants some toast. Again, there was a whole toaster thing going on in this episode. Yeah, secret toaster behind the scenes. Um, And so Luke says it's going to take a bit because he has to use his bad one. And Jess is like, you can use this one. Yep. No, that one's broken. Well, it must have got better. No, it's not. (laughs) And that look between Jess and Rory. Because the implication is that, you know, Jess fixed the toaster and trying to be a good boy now Mm -hmm. but it is starting and Lorelai doesn't see it you know this is this is before Lorelai has even caught wind of this potential potential but (sighs) well Lorelai's in denial for a while too when it does start but you can see it it's Rory's crush is is growing and Jess's crush has been there from the start but at least (laughs) in Rory's side you can definitely see yeah I mean, that was the ins and outs of the ins. Is that the title of the episode? The ins and and outs of of ins. ins. Outs of ins. That's it. Guys, townsperson of the week. I only have one person that it could be. I have one. Oh my gosh. Suki? How about you, Emily? (laughs) I I have somebody. Not Suki. I didn't even think about oh. it. I I completely forgot. But yeah. Okay. Mine's not Suki either. Mine is Luke. Luke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He stepped up. He defended his nephew. He was a good friend. He helped mm-hmm. with business stuff. Like I don't know. He embraced really into Luke in this episode. Mia like he wasn't of... overtly <laughs> racist at any point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not that Suki was. No. No. My thoughts with no, Suki no, no. was just that like Suki was just trying really hard in this episode but Mm -hmm. no luke Mm -hmm. is i think luke definitely deserves it because luke i'm luke is fighting an uphill battle for a lot of this season and 
Yeah, I think he deserves it. All right, then. Luke Danes, congratulations. You win Townsperson of the Week. And after Townsperson of the Week, we have references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. So references this week, I wanted to focus on the ones that probably confuse the average person, like is not too well known in the 2022 lexicon. Mm -hmm. Um, And both of them are from our boy, Jess Mariano. Yes. So the first one we have is a scene where Luke tells Jess to go uh, to school and not cause any more trouble. And Jess says, guess that means calling off the chicky race down at the salt flats. So do either of you guys know what that means? No? Mm-mm. No. Yes? No? Um, okay, I had no idea either. <laughs> so this is a reference to actually two different movies. The first is Rebel Without a Cause, okay. the 1955 mm-hmm. James Dean film. Uh, this James movie, Dean's from my home state. <laughs> anyway. This movie was about a kid named Jim Stark in L.A. and how the morals of the American youth were changing and how that caused problems with the older generation. Wow, can't imagine that. <laughs> what? Uh, the movie is has some spectacular acting, but in particular is known for starring James Dean, who mm-hmm. unfortunately was killed in a car accident when he was only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, this, mo- this movie actually came out a month after his death. Oh, man. So it's, it kind of became like a cult classic. Oh, yeah. So what does calling off the chicken run down at the salt flats even mean? Uh, Well, in this movie, Jim and the leader of a local gang, uh, whose name is Buzz, as you call kids in the 50s, (laughs) uh, they clash and they decide to do a chicken run. So it's in which two people drive headlong towards each other or towards something murderous. And the Ah. first person to swerve away is the chicken Mm -hmm. or the chicken. Yeah. So right. it's a game of chicken. Yeah. Basically, yes. Um, in the film, the chicken run is headed straight towards the cliffs that oversee the f- ocean. And um, obviously, if you're <laughs> in a car heading straight towards the ocean. Sounds like a great way to die. Someone's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, guess what? Someone does die. Spoiler alert <gasps> for the movie made in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Buzz, the gang leader, does uh, his jacket becomes entangled with the door as he tries to save himself, and he does actually goes off the cliff. Um, But the second movie this references is Footloose, the nineteen eighty four movie. Yes, that one about a town that outlaws dancing and is set in the salty flat of Utah. Ren, the main character, Kevin Bacon, he he just wants to dance. (laughs) Yeah, he just wants to dance. Um, in this movie, Footloose actually pays homage to Rebel Without a Cause and does their own chicky run, this time on tractors. Although no one oh, dies yeah. here, uh, there's also a problem, a similar problem, where instead of a jacket, is the shoelaces that get caught. <laughs> that movie is a real trip. If you haven't seen it, it is dancing has been outlawed, but the teens want to dance. <laughs> Also, make sure you watch the original. Yes. There was a remake. There Do was a remake. There was a remake. But, of course, instead of Ren dying, he actually wins the race. Uh, 
So a special thank you to Annotated Gilmore Girls, uh, their website, for helping me out with this. Because I nice. truly had no idea what the heck Jeff, Jeff was talking about. <laughs> um, but now that I know that it's both a reference to James Dean, arguably the biggest Devil May Care character mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. created, up there with Holden Caulfield, who was also mentioned yes. in this episode, um, and Footloose, a movie about a town that keeps you down. I mean, what's more, Jess? I, I mean, Jess so has that. to relate to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> the second reference, like I said, is also by Jess. When he and Rory have their little confrontation in front of Dozies, Jess says, I'm not really familiar with the blue book laws in this town. And I'm sure most people will understand blue book laws or at the very least have heard of Sunday laws. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't, or if you're not from America, blue laws are laws that restrict or ban some or all Sunday activities. They can restrict shopping in general or specific items, mostly alcohol. So In Indiana, until about two or three years ago, you could not buy alcohol on Sundays. Wow. Now you can buy it between noon and six on Sundays. So you know, Or maybe it's noon and eight. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun if we went through our own state. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. With it. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> Is that why you asked me for a state? Yeah. I should have given well, you my Oregon, home state. <laughs> yeah. Oregon doesn't have uh, blue laws. Because we're wild like that. <gasps> you're too progressive. <laughs> So, um, Indiana, you're totally right, um, obviously, but... um, Well, yeah, it inhibits my drinking. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing I want to mention with Indiana is that at one point, alcohol sales were prohibited on New Year's Eve. Wow. That's harsh, When was this? That's harsh. It was until... 2018. So anytime before 2018. no. No? Were you able to buy... I mean, I guess all the alcohol I was buying up to 2018 was at the bars on New Year's Eve. And I'm sure and it's you like... can still buy alcohol at restaurants and bars on yes. Sundays. Yeah. So just not on New Ooh. Now it is. I feel like it's probably also one of those laws where it's like it's technically still a law or was technically still a law, but people just ignore it. Followed. Like those ones that are like, I'm going to ask my parents. You can't eat ice cream while being horseback. Like those kind of weird laws that like exist, but nobody follows. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, New Jersey, right, which is my state, um, we have really strict blue laws, but in very specific places. So, in most of the state, no one cares. But in, it's really, really strict, and uh, you can't do anything on Sunday. And now, some of the biggest malls in our state are located in those areas. Mm. So, um... It it does cause a little bit of a problem, let's say, <laughs> because grocery stores, gas stations, pharmacies, hotels, restaurants, and other other entertainment venues such as movie theaters all close Sundays. Wow. Yeah, they tried to repeal it in 2010, but people don't want to repeal it. So I mean, that means a lot of people get the day off, which is nice, right? Yeah. Um, the only time it was temporarily suspended was during Hurricane Sandy when um, people needed supplies. Makes and sense. so they opened it for then on November 11th and by November 18th, back in effect. So I would 
I would like to add on to the weirdness of New Jersey's laws, and this is probably completely 100% normal for you, Sandra. This is not a blue law. It is illegal to pump your own gas in New Jersey. Oregon, too. Yeah. yeah. And maybe... It's the best. I love it. I, <laughs> I'm from yeah, Washington, great. so this is the truth. I, I'm from Indiana, where no, but you're like, you pump your own gas everywhere. So, like, Sean and I, whenever we go to visit, like, we will stop at the last gas station in Pennsylvania to fill up so we won't have to do it, because we're like, oh, we have to talk to people. We have to tell them how much gas we want. This is so awkward. We can't do it. I have never said <laughs> anything. great. You don't have to get out of your right? car. You, I just someone else hand over my car you. and say, fill it with regular. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. I say fill it with regular dollars cash, and then yeah. I don't need my receipt. Thank you, and that's all. And I stayed warm and cozy. And I'm from Washington, <laughs> so like I grew up, I had to pump my own gas. Um, mm-hmm. I knew how, but I have a lot of friends from Oregon who genuinely like I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, I'm so socially awkward that I don't know how to talk to you know <laughs> gas attendant. Yeah, well, if you live there, you which get kudos used to for it. them. Yeah. So just as Oregon doesn't have any, Washington does. Ooh, okay. So mostly Washington is, again, liquor. Um, alcohol is just not allowed. And <laughs> they have a very specific rule which says spirits may only be sold in premises out of at least 10,000 square feet, generally including grocery stores or warehouse clubs. But not any liquor stores that are tiny. Yeah. Or any little tiny we places. We got rid of liquor stores like in the last decade. So there are no liquor stores anymore. You get it at grocery wow. stores. Crazy. Like I bought a handle of Malibu at a grocery store. Or if you want tequila, you go to Safeway or Kroger. <laughs> or like it's – and that's the way – way different from Oregon. We still have liquor stores in Oregon. So when I go home, my parents are like, oh yeah, we need to stock up. And people have bananas next to like Jose Cuervo. It's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> That's super normal. I mean, Indiana oh. just has a mix. Mm. New Jersey has liquor like, stores. I mean, we have liquor stores. We have liquor we stores. We don't. God, there's Ours are gone. There's <laughs> within a five mile radius of where I live. Um, but then every grocery store has like a full liquor section as well. They just can't sell cold beer. Oh. Um, ah. So for the most part, if you need cold beer, that's when you have to go to the liquor store. Interesting. We have cold beer in our grocery stores in Oregon, but you can't get hard alcohol. This is I, all yeah. very related to Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I, I loved driving to, I, I have a friend of mine who lives in Alabama and they have liquor stores attached to their gas stations. That's great. And that just like blows my mind. Oh my I'm like, but you stop here to get gas because you're driving. Yeah. And you're. Please don't pick up any alcohol. Get some Jim Beam while you're at it. I remember when I went to Florida and you can go to CVS and just pick up some wine. Oh, we have. And I'm just yeah. like, this is weird. Our oh, drugstores have, have wine now, too. This is weird. All of our drugstores have an aisle of booze. You just go to Vegas and it can be anytime, any any whatever just pick up alcohol whatever you want anyways those were my references <laughs> for this then with the booze laws <laughs> um and yeah but after references we have a book with emily books movies and music with emily So this week, we are going to do a classic, To Kill a Mockingbird. Hell yeah. 
So in the scene where Rory and Jess are standing outside of Dosi's and Rory is just laying into Jess, Jess says something along the lines of, this isn't To Kill a Mockingbird, talking about the town. I don't remember the exact quote. That's when it when that's when he mentions it though, and that's really the only book I saw mentioned in this episode. Um, so to kill a mockingbird by Harper Lee. So this book was published in 1960. So there's obviously some civil rights things going on, mm-hmm. roughly or at least shortly before this time. Um, but the book itself is based on, um, it's told by the story of six-year-old Jean Louise Finch. Um, it takes place during the Great Depression from 1933 to 35 in Alabama. So basically what happens is, um, this is another very racially intense book. Jean and her brother Jeremy, uh, Jean goes by Scout, Jeremy goes by Jem, and their widowed father Atticus is a lawyer. Jem and Scout befriend a boy named Dill who visits Maycomb, Alabama, where they live, to stay with his aunt each summer. The three children, so Jem, Scout, and Dill, are terrified of their neighbor, Arthur Boo Radley, who we've, I think we've done a Boo Radley reference in the past, at least. Yes. Yeah. I think. Um, so he's been in town for years, but most people kind of stay away from him. This kind of reminded me a lot of, like, the Sandlot of the guy who owns the big dog. And, like, no, he's some kind of baseball legend, but nobody knows. Anyway. The recluse. James yeah. Jones is awesome. Yeah. So, basically, the children feed off of each other's imaginations, making these wild stories and fantasize about what he, you know, who he is and try to get him out of the house. They start leaving small gifts in a tree outside of his house and then a couple of times boo will make gestures of affection towards the kids um but you never actually they never actually have an interaction um he leave like gifts and stuff out there to hit to them well then judge taylor of the town appoints atticus so gem and scout's dad to defend tom robinson a black man who's been accused of raping a young white woman mayella ewell although many of the citizens disapprove atticus agrees to defend tom to the best of his ability and that basically sets the kids up for bad things to get Mm -hmm. taunted and jeered and bullied and i'm pretty sure atticus gets a lot of this hate as well he doesn't want his kids to be present at the trial no seats available, um, but the Reverend Skies invites the kids to watch from the colored balcony, because that was a thing. Segregation. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's awful. Um, Atticus establishes that Mayella, so the victim, and Bob Ewell are lying. It is revealed that Mayella made sexual advances towards Tom, subsequently resulting in her being beaten by her father. Um, it goes on... That's kind of the setup for the story. I don't want to give too many spoilers. I know this book came out like 60 years ago. But again, another very racially tense book that is mentioned on this show that tends to have a lot of racist references. Yeah, and this book, um, Harper Lee did such a great job. Then you put it in an episode where one of the main, one of the only POCs is just getting attacked the entire time. Yeah. Not cool. Not great. Very yeah. not cool. Good book, though. 
(laughs) Very good. I remember reading it in high school, and I I thought it was a fantastic book. I just haven't read it since then, so it's not very fresh in my mind. I should read it Mm -hmm. again. It's not an overly long book, but I'm pretty sure it's been on banned book lists. Oh, yeah. yeah, And I'm pretty sure it was part of, like, book burnings and... It's it's had kind of a controversial history, which seems to be in general. Like I know Rory was not the one reading this book, but we all know she has read this book. I'm um, sure, yeah. But it, it, I feel like controversial readings is what she tends to lean towards in her choices of reading. But yeah, so that is to kill a mockingbird. Um, after that, we have fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. All right, so fashion was kind of lackluster in this episode, and so I'm really going to focus on my three big ones, my best, my worst, and my steel item. I'm going to start with the worst because there is a little bit of uh, interest with this. Sandra mentioned it. I can't remember if it was on pod or pre-pod. It was off. Yeah. The worst dress for me in this episode is Lorelai in her gold ruffle shirt. I, in my notes, called it like a gold pirate shirt. It just, it's got a lot of bold ruffling down the front along kind of the button area. And it's not, it just, it's not flattering. I don't love the color. It's not great and the other thing is i believe there's a bit of a continuity issue with this shirt because we see her wear it at Franz, and then we see her wear it what appears to be the next day when mia comes into town um because the fran meeting and the mia arriving definitely did not happen on the same day but she is wearing the same very obvious gold ruffled (laughs) shirt so that was my worst we got a little bit too much of it um can i throw a note in on that um michelle is wearing kind of a light yellow with a gold tie Mm -hmm. they're matching so him and lorelei match it's like they're going to prom together (laughs) (laughs) i love it i hate i hate the sheer yeah the sheer sleeves it's like a silk so bad it's just not great lorelei wears another similar shirt to this in the future kind of a lavender one when richard comes and she wears in the same episode she wears another ruffled shirt so apparently ruffles must have been in during this particular year which unfortunately Mm -hmm. they do come and go thank goodness they go (laughs) uh my best dress of the episode is mia um mia is a monochromatic queen when she shows mm-hmm. up, she is, like, head to toe all in this kind of, like, oxblood burgundy. Um, she's got a blazer. She's got a skirt. Her turtleneck is the same color. It just, it screams, I have money. Um, the fit yeah. isn't mm-hmm. the best on her, but I just love the overall look. She looks so incredibly put together. Like, you look at her. She's like a little brooch, She's right? a brooch, yeah. The mm-hmm. whole look yeah. is, like, very clean. She's got minimal cute little earrings. Monochromatic queen, we stan racism, we have to unstan her. Um, so great outfit, bad thought processes. And my steel item is absolutely, you guys are all going to disagree. Listeners, when you think <laughs> that I have a really great fashion point, can you please write in and say it? Because I think my <laughs> co-hosts are going to run me out of town one day. Um, but my steel item for the episode is Fran's squirrel sweater. I don't know if oh anybody was looking oh at Fran's sweater as hard as I was, 
but Fran is wearing a cardigan. Oh, it's blue. It's got green, <laughs> evergreen trees and a gigantic squirrel on it. It's just such a cottagecore vibe. And I just like... For the listeners, <laughs> um, Emily has it on screen for us to see. And just the immediate picture... Wow, that is quite a cardigan. So, okay, picture I mean, it. It's a sweater. Picture it like how I'm thinking is a pair of like light wash mom jeans and like a sleeveless black turtleneck tucked in, and then you put this sweater over it, and then you've got like a pair of Doc Martens or something. Like, I think it's such a fun vibe. Listeners, if you agree, please write in. <laughs> Tell me I'm not alone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was my worst was unfortunately Lorelai. She was also kind of at her worst in this episode, so it makes sense. Best was Mia, the monochromatic queen, and Steel is the squirrel sweater. Uh, did either of you have a fashion notice or item that you really enjoyed that I did not bring up? Um, none that stood out to me. Pretty bland I episode. I remember thinking... Jess looked mm-hmm. cute. Yes, but we did. That have, just might have been his yeah. face. <laughs> we did have a dual uh, shearling moment where both Jess oh, and Rory we were talking outside oh, of Dozies and their shearling. Um, it's coming, guys. Shearling apocalypse. I love it. Honestly, I thought about <laughs> buying shearling this year. I didn't, but I thought about it. One thing that I I did have in my notes: Dean's hair looks amazing does he still have the curtains um, you know like the kind of it it got cut okay. or something because like it looks so much better than it has in the past couple episodes well i mean honestly now that jess is here jess has got great hair so it's getting harder and harder to look at dean in a positive light i mean <laughs> dean sucks so oh it you're right it, it but... was cut it's a little bit more out of his face uh, emily mm-hmm. any fashion yeah. fashion things before we move on literally the only thing i thought of was that mia looks phenomenal on that monochromatic outfit so it's a whole look i agree with that one yeah awesome and i agree with the lorelei (laughs) one i don't agree with the friend that's my steal i can have that (laughs) all right well squirrel sweaters aside um we have up next as usual stars hollow speaks and we really need to give potentially Truly, our biggest shout-out yet. Ever. But before we do that, so we did have a a little bit of a break. So we have a little bit of a pile-up. Mm-hmm. First off, I want to mention to all the Spotify listeners who had us in their rack. That was so that cool. Was so cool. That was fun. That was cool to see. That was so exciting. Um... Gabriella Ortega um, and Alba mm-hmm. uh, are just two people that that are sticking out right now. Thank you so much. Yes, that was insane, and I'm so grateful for it's that. It's so wild to like see us up there with like what I think of in my head is like real podcast. Like I know we're a real podcast, but at the same time, it's just like I'm talking to my two friends about Gilmore Girls. So to be on yeah. somebody's wrapped was incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. I feel like we're still small town. Yeah. <laughs> and we are small town. We're not, we, we're not huge by any means. But yeah, to see something like that is so cool. We also had um, somebody discover us recently uh, on Twitter. And I apologize. At the time, your Twitter name was 
the best Barton Christmas ever. Um, but <laughs> they went through and they liked a bunch of our tweets and made a couple of comments. Um, they said, stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify two hours ago. Just finished your discussion of the pilot. Just wanted to say I love the way you ladies bounce off each other. And now I'm going to listen to The Lorelai's First Day at Chilton because I am obsessed. Um, and then throughout their listening, they also pulled out a couple of things we said. Like a Coheed mention on a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't mind me while I freak out. And and now a Bluey reference. My heart is full of joy. So, yes, welcome to Town Meeting, the Gilmore Girls podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Coheed, Bluey, Twilight, Squirrel Sweaters. We've got it all. Thank you so much for finding us, um, and we hope you are still enjoying and listening. I want to point out that that tweet started off like a whole conversation between me and Jess about, about great Bluey, Bluey episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Bluey episodes that I have cried to. Yeah. And Sandra being like, I have no kids around me to watch it. You don't need kids to watch that show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand, but it's such a cute show. Um, and then we have one last little thing, and it was from the story I put up today. Um, mm-hmm. It's from Gabby, and she says that she, lo- and this is in reference to the episode that we um, just watched, recorded, whatever. <laughs> um, love that Luke knows something's off when Suki talks about basketball. Yes. I did mm-hmm. think that was a cute moment. We didn't mention it, but Luke says that Suki came by to the diner in the morning. And that Suki started talking like, about women's basketball. Yeah, because he tried to bring up the ins and they had just had that fight. And so she pivoted and he was like, no. <laughs> what, no. What, is, what is happening? You don't know what you're talking about. But drum roll. We want to give the absolute most gigantic shout out to Ellen Smith. Biggest. Huge. This being on people's Spotify wrapped was like huge. And then... Mm-hmm. directly after that we got notified that ellen had become a supporter on anchor which means a you know monthly subscriber, subscriber um has pledged a monthly amount to help support our podcast and beyond just becoming a supporter a monthly supporter on anchor uh, ellen also donated directly to us through our buy me a coffee link which mm-hmm. is honestly like so above and beyond Uh, it's more than we would ever expect and she said i love y'all thank you for making the best gilmore girls pod thank you for listening that that is like the nicest thing (laughs) i've heard ever and thank you so much okay pretty sure that made all of our weeks just to have the spotify thing (laughs) and then the subscription and the buy me a coffee like all at once was just like merry christmas (laughs) Yeah. yeah happy new year and uh this is a good year guys ellen we hope that you enjoy this new episode and you enjoy all of our future new episodes um mm-hmm. and if you want to join ellen there's lots of different ways uh buy me a coffee anchor i believe spotify now has a feature that allows you to do that as well um Mm-hmm. Also, you know what Spotify yes. now has? <laughs> the ability to rate five stars. So guys, if you like us and if you want to help promote us in a non-monetary way, please mm-hmm. rate us. Yes. Ratings and reviews do a lot. Uh like for example, our new yes. listener from Twitter discovered us on Spotify and it's, you know, mm-hmm. without those ratings and reviews, people can't find us. So 
Thank you to those of you who Spotify do that. and Apple Podcasts, wherever you wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. If there is an option to, you know, maybe leave a rating and leave a review, we would be super eternally forever in your debt and grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing off this episode, we finish it off with coffee. Now, this was a stressful episode for Laura, like Gilmore. Um, so Ooh. she drank quite a bit of coffee in this episode so real quick let's go over rory rory had two cups of coffee so just a standard i mean she was barely in the episode so it's amazing she had any at all yeah yeah i'm gonna guess lorelei had five lorelei did have five cups of coffee wow okay hey we're getting back up there she uh, she just couldn't stop drinking this well coffee couldn't (laughs) stop drinking coffee this episode you said it was a stressful episode for lorelei Mm-hmm. And definitely not one of her more shining moments. Um, no, not really. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I do like this episode. I wish the racism stuff wasn't involved. And yeah. um, I but like Lorelai and Suki needed that fight, like you said, Jess. Uh, it, it went the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> like it was good to have mm-hmm. the fight. And then also we see the blossoming of Jess and Rory. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who is uh, just starting their Gilmore adventure uh, and has mm-hmm. been texting me occasionally like, oh, I've gotten Ooh. to this point. I have thoughts. I've gotten to this point. And they are like right in the middle of Dean and um, mm. struggling, 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 not even <laughs> sure if they want to continue watching the show. And I was like, no, I mean, season two, man. I get it. But it. you got to you got to hold out for Jess. You gotta hold out for Jess. So fingers crossed. I've seen, I've seen a lot of kind of Jess hate on the subreddit lately, and it's been mostly like new viewers who are watching oh, it for the first okay. time. So I feel like a lot of the love of Jess comes through, like nostalgia and kind of his redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, nostalgia of he's the beautiful, you know, the, the bad boy, beautiful yeah. bad boy. Yeah. Um, but also his his redemption arc mm-hmm. like the how much yeah. the relationship between him and luke gets better and so i feel like a lot especially for i know for me a lot of my love of jess is because of who he becomes as a person and as an yes. adult mm-hmm. so like it makes sense um yeah like i don't want people who are watching it now for the first time like jess kind of sucks why <laughs> yes. does everybody love him yeah and i don't want to confuse people we are going to call out when he's being shit oh yeah Yes. Like, yeah, we're not oh, going to yeah. be like, oh, he's so well, he will probably say like, he's so cute while he's being shitty, but he's still being mm-hmm. shitty. But I mean, like, we will acknowledge that. We did the same thing for Dean. Yeah. I oh, he's so pretty. He sucks, <laughs> but he's pretty. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys again for bearing with us through our break over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. As always, I was Jess. And I was Sandra. And this is Emily. And we'll, we'll see, see you again next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach us on Instagram at townmeetingpod or email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And now you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.